ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. So I have a confession to make. Years ago, I would fake like almost nearly every orgasm I had. And I don't know why it's such a confession because pretty much most women I talk to have faked orgasm at least once, if not many times. And it doesn't mean I never had a re- like an actual orgasm, but it wasn't that easy for me. And I don't think I'm alone here. So I would fake it. And I really wasn't comfortable talking about it or even telling somebody what I wanted. And then when I started dating Josh, I forgot how, but somehow he picked up that I was faking it. And he actually looked me in the eye and he was like, babe, did you just fake that? I wanted to say, no, honey, it was great. And I love this man. And so I needed to be honest and tell him, yes, I did. And then he asked me to promise him that I would never fake orgasm again. I tell you, my friend, like my heart stopped. My stomach was like coming out of my chest because I knew that what that actually meant was that I was going to have to get super clear with myself about what I actually liked and be able to communicate it with him. And be able to communicate if I'm just not feeling it anymore and I want to stop. I just knew it was going to bring about a whole new level of communication that wasn't comfortable. And then since then, I've been doing my own sexual exploration and my own work into understanding what I love and really letting out the wild goddess within. And the more I dig into it, the more I realize This is one of the most important aspects of a woman's health, her physical health, our mental health, our emotional health, like sex matters and we deserve to feel awesome sexually. And that's what today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about. And I have the absolute best guest to help us with our own sexual health Dr. Jennifer Berman is a New York Times bestselling author, sexual health expert, a woman who I have been watching on Dr. Phil and the Today Show for years. She is incredible. I need to tell you about her. She is a co-host of CBS's daytime talk show, The Doctors, world-renowned expert, New York Times bestselling author, one of the nation's authorities in the field of female sexual health. She is a practicing urologist with specialized training in female urology and female sexual medicine. She started her career early. She did groundbreaking research, activism, advocacy for women's issues. She's been in the public eye since a young age. She founded and created the Berman Women's Wellness Center in Beverly Hills as a comprehensive, multidisciplinary, state-of-the-art center solely dedicated to women's well-being, wellness. Today, she focuses on her patients in the center and continues to serve as a recurrent expert for 
the media. She is regularly on Dr. Phil, as I said, the Today Show, Good Morning America, you name it. And I used to watch her when she and her sister did a show together called Berman and Berman. And so it's just so fun to have her here. Of course, she earned her master's of science degree from the University of Maryland, her medical degree from Boston University School of Medicine. And I could go on and on about her. Dr. Berman, Jen, I am so happy to have you on the Purpose Girl podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. It is so my pleasure. So my pleasure. Well, and speaking of pleasure, that's actually the perfect word. You know, we are taping this in the middle of the coronavirus. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Outbreak. And, you know, there are a lot of jokes being made right now that we are going to see this baby boom in nine months. And what I'm hoping is that as women listen to this, that we are able, and every woman listening to this is able to actually enjoy, if she's having sex right now at home, whether it's with herself or someone else, that she is actually able to enjoy it. So let's take a step back. What do you see in all of your patients and all the media that you do? Like, What's going on with women and not enjoying sex? Or you heard my story with orgasm. What's going on in general? You know, with the with the quarantine, I've been asked a lot about, um, you know, what do we do with this quarantine thing and intimacy and sex? And one of the things that came up um, was masturbation and immunity that during that sexual activity or orgasm increases immune function and increases the immune response. So that's one great thing about sex, that it helps with the immune response. So I encourage all of us to be having more sex because it helps boost the immune response. That is incredible. <laughs> right. Everyone's talking about washing their hands. <laughs> yeah. It increases like white blood cells and natural killer cells, which fight off um, viruses and bacteria. So orgasm really helps with that. Another thing that I was thinking, though, is that, you know, when we're forced to be confined in small spaces, I mean, sometimes our spaces are small, depending on sometimes we're in big spaces, but when we're forced to be confined in spaces, sometimes we love who we're with, sometimes we may not. So I was thinking, you know, this is an opportunity to redefine our relationships. Sometimes we go through the motions of like just you know, cohabitating with each other. And I'll ask you, like, what do you, what does, you know, it's going to redefine relationships when we're stripped of everything and, you know, fear, and we've taken away, you know, all the bells and whistles, and we're left with just the authentic me and the authentic you, maybe it's a time to redefine relationships again. And maybe we're going to see what comes out of it, you know, real relationships again. Right. Real connection. Real connections. People, you know, like divorce rates may be going down. People that were going to be heading, you know, the courts closed down. Divorces that were scheduled, maybe not. I That's what I think. I think that people are going to be reconsidering what's you know, what's important. And maybe, you know, that people that were going, you know, child custody situations being reconsidered. That's what I, maybe the happiness in me 
<laughs> you know, because I, I, that, I, that's what's happened to me. Um, I've reconsidered a lot of different things and about what's important, you know, things that I, I've gone through, um, you know, some things, my, my father passed and there were, um, trust and things, you know, conflict and stuff going on. And it made me what's really important in family and what's really important in life. And I, you know, I, I so what's happened and what, what I'm considering, I feel that person must be considering and this person must be considering and my relationships I'm considering. I think everybody, you know, is considering these things. So when we're cooped up in close quarters, a great thing to do is have sex. (laughs) love it when you're liking the person now when you're not liking the person i think that you know it's an opportunity to to reconsider you know a lot of different things and i would throw that back back at you you're forced to stay together and i think that you know i i thought of helen fisher like mating animals in captivity you can't help but look at somebody that you hate differently. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, he's not that bad. You know, in crisis, he's fixing things. And then you might notice, actually, you know, he's kind of cute when he's Mm -hmm. the hero again. (laughs) Right. And maybe when everyone's not leaving for 10, 12 hours a day to go to work, we're actually connecting and getting to know each other again. You know, I said to Josh, I feel so grateful I married somebody I liked. Because if I didn't like you right now, I'd really be in trouble. <laughs> but I, you know, but it is true that we often, and I'm thinking whether it's friendships or it's marriages or, you know, any sort of relationships, we kind of get into like a routine and we forget what made us really love that person or connect with that person in the first place. And I think you're bringing up a great point that this is a time for connection. And in the Purpose Girls Facebook group, I've been posting a positivity prompt every day. And yesterday's was, what are you hoping comes out of this? And nearly every single, dozens of answers, nearly every single woman answered more connection, more love, more, you know, empathy, all all of the things that make up a beautiful relationship. And I'm thrilled to hear that this is a great time to be having more sex, right? But of course, we want to enjoy it. Right, because what if someone listening to this, they don't want to have sex because they don't enjoy it with their partner or even with themselves masturbating, they've never been able to orgasm. How do we really shift to be able to enjoy sex? And and this seems to be an issue that plagues women more than men, right? What happens with men is that they can get into the mechanical aspects of thing too. They get used to, you know, doing it a certain way with their hand, you know, or with porn, their hand, whatever, that when it comes to actually having to do it in an intimate way with another person, it's more challenging. So I've seen, I've seen that as well with women. They, may not know what pleases them, much less how to communicate that to a guy. So women need to know what to do and how to please themselves in order to communicate that to a guy. Guys don't know, unless they've been with a woman that's confident enough to communicate with them, they don't learn from porno movies or from the backseat of the Chevy. They have to have been fortunate enough to have been with a woman who 
you know, has, has taught them. And not all of them have had that opportunity. How does a woman even start to figure out what she enjoys? Well, you know, women learn about orgasm in puberty, if not typically, this is not on all cases, but typically in puberty, if not before, like whether it be, you know, I'll hear it like in the pool or in on a jungle gym or with a toy or playing doctor. Um, and then they'll have a, you know, a feeling or an experience and then they'll try and reproduce that and, you know, learn through an accident or an experience and then figure things out along the way. Boys, the same. And if for whatever reason, those brain genital connections don't occur at an early age, it's like trying to learn Chinese when you're 40 as opposed to before. It's not that you can't learn Chinese when you're 40. It's just harder. The brain genital connections are harder to learn then. And orgasm is a reflex that involves neural, vascular, muscular, um, emotional reflexes happening all at once that where your frontal cortex shuts off. So your the, the thinking, seeing, rational brain shuts off and the, you know, the, the, so the sensing feeling takes over and the thinking doing shuts off and it, it goes to like, like a switch. And you kind of like when you meditate, you know, you don't know that you're doing it, but it does. And so if you try to do it. Am I doing it? Am I doing it? Like if you try to do it, it's not going to do. And you're staying in your head because certainly we've all had sex when we stay in our head. And I work with countless women who say that they'll, I feel like aroused, but there's no release. And when you're thinking, am I going to have happening? Is it happening? I'm having, okay, I'm feeling it. It's, and I, and I don't know how to, you know, teach that. Teach how to get out of your head and get into the feeling. And one of the tools um, that helps women, believe it or not, is CBD and cannabis. That helps to shut off frontal the frontal cortex activity. There's also a medication called Addy, which is um, medication for low sexual desire in women. It's not for orgasm. There's women that have difficulty achieving orgasm that have medical issues, like the women that are on medications or women that are perimenopausal or menopausal that have hormone issues. Those are way easier. They're things that we can do. They're women that don't really know their bodies, and that is also way easier. We can teach um, with erotic toys. We can teach anatomy lessons, where their G-spots are, where, you know, if it's just a matter of education, that is, um, you know, that's way easier. I have the girl, I have a, a young woman that does my eyelash extensions. She is I mean, she has was on a journey to learn her, you know, anatomy. And she took like some sort of class and learned how like every area of her vagina learned how to squirt. Wow. Didn't literally teach me, but verbally told me 
verbatim what she did, how she did it, how it happened, what to do in order to achieve that experience. Now, I haven't reproduced it or tried it yet, but, you know, frankly, I intend to. <laughs> yes, I want to hear about it when you do. And not everyone I've found is familiar with the term squirting. It's female ejaculation. Female ejaculation. According to my sister, who every woman can. We all have the capacity to do it. And I studied this when I, and many people have studied it. Um, the Beverly Whipple is, uh, ha, and, and others have looked at the fluid from um, the skein's glands and have determined that it's not urine, that there are, the skein's glands are the um, equivalent of the, um, the, what are the, no, no, no. The ejaculatory duct, like the in the the in men, that they have the the same ducts that that men have, and they some they're more prominent in some women than others. Some women can do it with ease and facility without even trying, without you know going through these huge machinations that others do. <laughs> just with clitoral stimulation. Sometimes it's just kind of a gush of fluid. Some women, it literally spurts like across the room and it, like similar to an ejaculation with force through the urethra. Others, it's like a pool of fluid through the vagina, but it, it comes through um, ducts that, that exit through um, the gland, glands in the vaginal wall now comes through stim, stimulation of the G-spot. Like, so it, it's approximately a third of the way in like that, you know, the, this is the opening of the vagina. So a third of the way in and it's traction, like forceful pressure. And it, I know because when I've tried before and like give up, it's forceful pressure in the anterior vaginal wall, like rapid forceful pressure that makes you feel like you have to pee. My eyelash lady told me this was what I wasn't doing and I haven't tried it since she told me this, but apparently you have to orgasm first. So you have to have an orgasm and then proceed with the forceful rapid traction pressure after that. And wow. usually women feel me included, that it's like overstimulation after you've already had an orgasm to keep stimulating in that area after you've already had an orgasm, but you have to push through that. And then apparently it can happen then. Well, and I have not squirted ever yet in my life and I intend to, but it sounds like we can do it ourselves. She said you can do it yourself too. Hmm. So that's like the gold medal maybe of orgasm or I don't even want to put like a, a label on it, but that seems to be like the master's class, right? That's the Iron Man. And so for the women listening to this who are like, all right, what's the 5K, right? That's the Iron Man. <laughs> okay, so first would be like the 1K would be the clitoral orgasm. So that is just clitoral stimulation. The easiest way to do that would be either manual stimulation, oral stimulation, or like the little pocket rocket, a um, like a clitoral vibrator. Just apply it right there. So that's the easiest way. The next, the 5K or the 10K would be clitoral and vaginal, like a, a G-spot orgasm. So if you're doing both clitoral and vaginal stimulation. And 
not all women can have an orgasm through vaginal stimulation, through penovaginal intercourse. I'm so glad you said that because I know that there are times when I have felt like something was wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you because the vagina, inside of the vagina, doesn't have the same sensation. It feels, so the vagina in there feels, you know, pressure or stretching. So it feels, it doesn't have the same sensation as the outside. So in order for you to feel that kind of sensation, you also, it's your positioning. So you're also going to have to have the right sensation on the clitoris. And this is why many women also like rectal, you know, rectal stimulation. Mm -hmm. So if you're not really feeling it vaginally, possibly you need a finger in the, in the anal area, beads in the anal area, or um, clitoral stimulation as well. Right. So I have orgasmed with penile stimulation, but I typically think it's because it's hitting the right spot of my clitoris when we're rubbing together. Mm-hmm. Right. Or we have we use a cock ring sometimes and the cock ring on him creates that pocket rocket pocket, whatever you called it, vibrator in the right spot on me. Oh, what are those called? The screaming O thing? Oh, I don't know. What is that? The screaming O is a ring and it has like a little bumpy thing in the middle that vibrates. That's what we have. Is that what it's called? I love it. Yeah. So they're, they're stretchy pink things with a little vibrating thing on the top. So that, it's designed to, to be a cock ring that vibrates her also. So the positioning that also, rec, you know, rectal stimulation and or changing your positioning is, will work. I love this. I love this. So you started talking about also as we age, right? Perimenopause, menopause. I am 45 and definitely in perimenopause. Interestingly, I'm in perimenopause and pregnant at the same time. That is the truth. Thank you. Thank you. Did you go through in vitro? Yeah, we had a five-year journey. We didn't get married till I was 40 and we got pregnant on the honeymoon, but then I lost that baby. And then we got pregnant again about a year and a half later. I lost that baby. And then about a year of healing and then started the in vitro process. So it's so interesting to both be in perimenopause and pregnant at the very same time. And before being pregnant, I definitely noticed some differences in my libido because I've always, you know, prided myself on, on having a strong libido. And night sweats. I mean, I so I I know that it's perimenopause, my periods. Over the year before I came became pregnant, we're starting to be 60 days apart, like weird, very weird patterning. And so for anyone listening who is going through perimenopause or menopause, is it a CBD oil? I mean, what, what do we need to do in order to um, be able to enjoy? The perimenopause is when the symptoms start to happen. And it's really important that women recognize that because we can make a lot of excuses for them. Like, oh, well, I'm just tired and I'm working and my husband lost his job or And the symptoms can be um, weight gain, difficulty sleeping, mild hot flashes, night sweats, memory changes, moodiness, 
Um, and, you know, irritability and short fuse or weepiness and depression, sometimes um, bad, a little bit of vaginal dryness, sometimes changes in libido, um, you know, loss of interest in sex, and then they progress as you become menopausal. Um, and then what's important is that what I encourage women to do is to speak to their healthcare provider and have your hormones checked at that time. And I personally treat patients during the perimenopause and moving into menopause, because if you treat them at that time, you can delay and stave off you know, menopause and prevent the, you know, the more severe symptoms from, you know, from occurring. And then women aren't like ready to become homicidal like I was. Um, so I think it's really important that women are aware of that because it, we can, you can really, it, it really is a, a challenging journey to, to, to struggle through that and, and feel crazy and not really know what, and they subtly creep up on you. Like, you know, and it's like having, you know, having like a in the background and you don't really know what's going on until you're like in the throes of it. So yeah. And there, and the good news are, is that there are treatments, bioidentical natural treatments that are available that are FDA approved that, um, that are really helpful. Now um, being, having those symptoms of being pregnant, well, you're, if you're pregnant, you're on hormones anyway, but the problem is you're on such high doses and the high doses can make you crazy too. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, fortunately my, my sexual drive has been great being pregnant. So, you know, cause I think my body doesn't really understand. Boy, you know what it is? I am having a boy. Yeah. So the testosterone will, will oh, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool that you were, you just knew that. I mean, that's why you do what you do, but yes, I am having a boy. That is so interesting. So our hormones, I mean, that's, what's really happening in menopause or perimenopause, right? It's a hormonal shift. And I love that there are treatments. Now, when would someone see their primary care physician about this? And when would someone go see a urologist like you about this? So I'm a urologist and I specialize in female urology. Most female urologists deal with urinary issues. I kind of like carved out this sexual menopausal health niche out of what I perceived as a need. Um, but women that are um, experiencing um, the symptoms that I described should see either their primary care doctor, their GYN, an expert in sexual and menopausal health, such as myself. Um, most traditional urologists don't necessarily do what I do, but if you, um, and then, you know, the problem is, is that regular OBGYNs won't necessarily treat a perimenopausal wo woman because, you know, they're very algorithm based and, you know, you have to be menopausal to get hormone replacement therapy. Things are changing. And, um, you know, my best recommendation is, is if you're having symptoms, speak to your healthcare provider. Now we have this great thing, this social media and the internet. And all you have to do is Google, you know, bioidentical hormones, perimenopause, doctor in wherever you live, Beverly Hills, Atlanta, New York, and it comes up. 
And that is, you know, that's the beauty of today. Um, back in the day when I first started, all you had to do was, you know, 411 and, and just become a doctor. Today, everything has changed is that now, um, you know, being a doctor is, this is like a whole nother topic, but the business of medicine has entirely changed. You don't just, you know, come out of medical school and start practicing. You have to understand social media. You have to understand marketing. You can't just have a website. You have to learn SEO and optimization and keywords and all of these things. So the good and the bad of that, the good, the bad of it is for me, as a doctor, I have to invest and learn all these things. The good of it for you guys as the consumer is that you get the care now. So you don't have, you, you want bioidentical hormones in your perimenopausal. All you have to do is type in bioidentical hormones, perimenopause, and you're going to have all the doctors and all the people that specialize in that right at your fingertips. Hmm. Which is, you're right, it's great for the consumer. And something, like I said, I've known your name for years, right? <laughs> and so fortunately, you know, you have really made a name for this in yourself. And, you know, one of the things as we talk about sexual health and um, intimacy, one of the things I've been fascinated about lately is, can we become attracted to somebody, right? If people are kind of, they're on lockdown right now with a partner that they didn't love anymore, or now there's that TV show, Love is Blind, that I totally admit that we binge watched, you know, over the first couple of days of the coronavirus situation. So can we fall back in love with somebody? Can we become attracted to somebody again? How does that happen? You know, that's a really good question. I was thinking about this. So from my personal perspective, what is chemistry and attraction. I personally have felt chemistry and attraction for men that I would not necessarily say are drop dead, attractive and, and, and gorgeous based on certain qualities or characteristics or traits. That said, I've also been attracted to certain men and then for whatever reason, gotten unattracted and when i get unattracted it's done like i can't make it come back and um I, you know so when we talked about when i was talking about earlier when when it shuts off can it come back on and i think it depends on why and what the reasons are. And I think when there's a lot of pain and a lot of trauma or a lot of hurt, what the reasons are for, um, for lack of attraction, um, I think that it can come back, but it, but it depends what the circumstances are. In terms of love is blind, what is so friggin' cool about that thing, what I love about it, and what intrigued me so much, is, and I, I talked to men because what I saw is like men, studly men, including my fiance, who's like a jockey guy, were riveted by that show. And I was like, what? What, what are you loving about this? What they loved about it, what men loved about it was the raw, authentic, vulnerable, real moments, authentic mm. moments that they saw, that they relate. They saw people being real and they saw, wait, 
that's real. And I have felt that before. I know what he's feeling. I know what she's feeling. And they're really feeling it. Whoa. Like they related and they knew it was real. And people being authentic, it was like seeing them naked. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that too, but that wasn't what drew me. What drew me was I saw people through a wall. They were energetically connecting without like there was a feeling happening so this show any of you who haven't seen it the it's a netflix show that is totally gone viral and it is people meet behind walls so they never see each other and they have 10 days of meeting each other and dates and many of the people on that show fell in love without ever seeing the other person and what an incredible experiment in the days of text dating, right? Where it's swipe, 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 only based on looks. And two of the couples, or maybe I shouldn't share the punchline, but let's just say that many of the couples fell in love. And it just shows that we can be connected. What's interesting about what you're saying, Dr. Berman, is that I too was fascinated that they're falling in love without seeing each other. And I resonated with it because I know that I've had simply conversations with people and felt a spark of connection, felt a spark of love. I know that I have fallen in love with people who weren't my quote unquote type because that spark, that energy is there. They were compatible. They had similar interests. There was, you know, humor. There was intrigue. There was edginess. There were, you know, similarities. There was enough, um, you know, it was familiar. This person, I've known you my whole life, Mm. putting on a familiar shoe. And it was exquisitely cast that they almost paired off perfectly, the ones that did. What I liked about Barnett, the beauty of the Barnett and that the girl that him, Barnett was all of them were like what I think about all of them. They they all were kind of risk takers, like to even do that. You have to be like willing to take risks. Barnett was like a commitment phobe who like was willing to, you know, who who completely transformed. She what was beautiful about her, you know, like the trailer park trashiness of her and everything. But she maintained she was a perfect example of manifesting because she filled mm. her positive regardless of how he tried to do de- he didn't try to but he could have derailed her he was being an asshole he was like and like into other girls until the day of their engagement and even up on the altar like she was just in her mind unwavering that this, she was going to be his wife. She held that vision in her mind so strong and manifested it like till I have never seen somebody do that with that level of positive energy and conviction and like love, even when certainty she held. And this is whether, no matter what we are going through, if it is love or what's going on right now with the coronavirus or any challenge that you face in life, maintaining a sense of hope, maintaining a sense of belief is so 
critical. Yeah. And she did it gracefully. She is a beautiful example of the power of of the secret, the manifesting. And I she should write a book. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like that. And she did it gracefully and with a smile. And even in light of that other bitch woman trying to steal him right out under her. Um, <laughs> she, she didn't stoop to that. You know, she was, we got angry a little bit, but she didn't, you know, get trashy. And I, I think that she handled but that. She too. stayed above the fold. And Kenny, you know, Kenny also was, I I thought that he got dumped at the altar and, mm-hmm. and he handled that with such dignity also that they were, remember they tried to, corner him afterwards and he didn't badmouth her and he was also um handled that with dignity and poise and and like a like a man (laughs) yes and that was another thing ladies out there who are single watch this show to see what quality men exist yeah because that's something that i was amazed with the woman that dumped poor kenny she was like you know, she doesn't know. She she really thought that she was the shit. Excuse my language, and didn't really know what she wanted. And then I think was upset. Oh, I I wanted to keep dating you. The men on this show are so high quality. And something I hear, and I'm not sure if you hear this too, is that so many women talk about that there aren't any good guys out there. Yeah, and you know that's a show, and there are so many examples that there are good guys, what would be one tip you would recommend to women who are still looking for their beloved, their partner, whether it's a man or a woman? The problem is, you know, get out of LA. What I hear is the problem with LA is that there's so much inventory. There's so many women and men that they're that it's just a distraction they're on to the next on to the next on to the next that if you go to baltimore or you know it's there's or georgia although atlanta is just as bad that there's less you know distraction but there um you know that that's part of that's part of the problem is that there's so many people and so many options that if you're um you know, one of the things that I when I met my fiance online and the and I have been single for a long time and I had basically just like was repulsed with with the male race. And the thing he had gotten online for like a minute. We met on a, an app called The Lead and it was just like a fluke that we the universe like beep, crossed us meant to be. And what struck me about him, and I, I, you know, it's sort of like something that I did out of boredom in airports. And, <laughs> and what struck me about him, and we, we crossed, is he said these words, are you free next Thursday? It wasn't like tonight or, you know, five in, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. It was planned. There was an aspect of courtship. To, and mm. I'm older, so I'm not like there were. He pursued. There was pursuing. The lack, that art of pursuing has died. I think for me, at least, the millennials don't care about it anymore. But for me, that that mm. was important to me. So um, next Thursday, and then we went, and then after that day, 
again when can we go out again and so that that's how mm. it came to be with me and i think we we like to be pursued i think that we can kind of be clear with somebody hey this is what i want you know i, I find a lot of men not all but a lot of men really if they like a woman they want to please her and that's what i tell my daughter like she's like but you know he's he said hey like he said what are you doing? W-Y-D. And I said, that doesn't mean anything, Izzy. Well, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what are you doing? And, you know, they're so, the girls are so, they're so, the guys don't have to do anything. This is a whole nother topic. How do we train yeah. our young girls not to, they make it so easy for these boys to not respect them, not pursue them, not do anything. And that's a whole nother conversation. It is. I know. I wish we had time to get into that because I think it's huge. I really think that a lot of the world would change if young women really stood in their worth and realized he he wants to get into your pants. So just make him wait a little bit. Often, you know, they kind of want it more than we do at first. Yeah. So it's like I, that, I think, would totally change the world. And there's such an opportunity for for all girls, all women to shift into their own self-love and their own self-worth. And what I hope to be as a boy mama is teaching a boy, teaching a young man that level of respect and pursuit. Because I think that that is, I mean, the world will change. They're learning it in, you know, middle school and high school. And I, I you know, I don't want to come across the wrong way. I'm a, I'm a mom to bo a boy and a girl. And, you know, we've come down really hard on, on men and boys. But, uh, you know, with the whole Me Too thing. But the girls are also responsible. We, as women and girls, we allow, you know, a lot of these behaviors. They're learning what they can get away with from us. Yes. And we can stand in our power and say, no. Yeah. You know, and you don't get to act like that. No, no, you don't get me. You want me. You're going to have to show up this way. You want me. You're going to have to love my body as it is. You want me. And believe me, they want you. <laughs> right. So I agree. It's an opportunity. You know what I was thinking about this whole coronavirus thing with, you know, maintaining space and distance and, you know, the, that it, it's almost like a reset of respecting boundaries is that you have, you can't like you, social distancing that we have to keep our distance is that respecting me, that you going near me could kill me, that it's almost teaching people that to respecting my space, respecting distances. It's almost like a way to teach young people to respect my body, your body. Maybe this is a way to really teach boundaries also. That's an outgrowth of this whole thing. Ooh, I would love to see that as an outgrowth. That and our own self-respect and deeper connection, intimacy and love. All right, I could talk to you forever. So, one thing I love doing with all my guests is I do something called a purpose power play round. And it's just me. I'm going to ask you a couple of very random questions. And whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind is the right thing. Okay. Okay. First, which of your books should somebody pick up first? Which of my two books? <laughs> uh, for women only. For women only. One reason why. It's the better one in the first one. Hmm. 
Isn't that amazing? Sometimes the first one really is it, right? Mm-hmm. When you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up? An actress. An actress. How interesting to go from actress to urologist. To doctor, yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's not lost on me that you are out there entertaining and informing at the same time, right? There's like this, this combination for you of what that is. So 10 years from now, what's one thing you would love to see in this world or in your own life? I would love to see my son understanding consciousness. He's really interested in the brain. And I see him really delving into um, the neuroscience and um, coming up with um, new understandings of psychopathology and treatments for mental illness and behavior, I think. Mm. I would love that. Mm. In a white coat and um, just being a pioneer. So cool. I love that he has such passion. He knows that. And you probably fostered that in him. I think like he, um, in many ways, like he's almost, I don't want to say he he's, been parentified or parented me, but he, it's like, we've had a past life of some sort. I totally believe that. I believe we come back into this life with our soul family. All right. Last question. What is one thing you want every woman to know? I want every woman to know that they are beautiful, that they are loved, that they are um, important, and that they have a purpose for being here. Mm. So beautiful. So beautiful. Dr. Jen Berman, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been such a pleasure. You're amazing. And I hope we can keep in touch and cross, continue to cross pollinate and work together. Yeah, I'm a huge fan, have been for a long time, and we will definitely find ways to work together. Your work is so important, so important. For everyone out there to learn more about Dr. Jen Berman, Go to BermanSexualHealth.com. Of course, we have her website, her Facebook, her Instagram, her Twitter, everything in the show notes. You want to make sure you check that out and make sure you check out her books. And for all of you listening, we hope you loved this show. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts, even for just 60 seconds, write a one-sentence review. It is your review that is ensuring that women all over the world are finding the Purpose Girl podcast and improving their well-being and improving their happiness so that we are ranked top 20 in more than 30 countries. So thank you for those reviews. If you haven't yet joined the Purpose Girls Facebook group, join us every single day right now. I am posting a positivity prompt to keep us positive, keep us joyful, allow us to like share our hearts and connect in sisterhood, which we so, so, so need. You can, of course, find me on Facebook at Coach Karen Rockhind, on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. 
And the most important thing you can do with the Purpose Girl podcast is to share it with every woman you know. That is how we change the world one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.